So what I'm going to do in this video is show you how God has had a plan since the beginning of time that he is fulfilling or bringing to a fulfillment during the last days. And the last days, from my understanding of things, basically will begin once there's been a rapture of the male child of Revelation 12. And the last days will not end until the great white throne judgment after the millennium. That's when the very big plan of God will be fulfilled. God has had a plan since the beginning of time. And our problem as believers is that we tend to get sidetracked on our focus, especially during the last days, during these end times when we're looking at so many events that are taking place in the world and we can see how we're at the end. We can see how we're getting very close to the time of tribulation, to the time when um, all the events, the things that we read about in the book of Revelation are going to come to pass. I think it's really important though that we understand that the fulfillment of the end times is not based on any eschatology that is common out there. And the reason why I'm saying this is because for the most part, most mainstream systematic theology that includes eschatology has lost the plot. They've lost the reason for the end times to begin with. They've lost the the plan of God. They've lost the hope of God, the things that he's wanting to do during the end times and how he's going to bring everything uh, back into the place that it should be by the time that the new heavens and the new earth come into being. So in order to really understand the end, we have to understand the beginning. And in fact, this is what the Lord says in his word. Isaiah 46, 10, I declare the end from the beginning and ancient times from what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and all my good pleasure I will accomplish. So in order to really understand what the deal is with the end times, we actually have to go back to before the creation of man, right? So in the beginning, it says God created. God created the heavens and the earth at a point in time in the beginning. And then it says, and the earth was without form and void. Okay, this is even before God says, let there be light. He tells us that the earth existed, that it was without form and void. Something happened in here between the time God created the heavens and the earth and the time that we see an earth that was without form and void and darkness covering the face of the earth. And then God said, let there be light. And over the course of six days, God restored, in essence, the, these, this is the restoration of what God created back here. There, there was all kinds of things that happened in this 
what we call the gap, okay, in this period of time from when God created and the earth became without form and void. And it says that there was water all over the face of the earth. In other words, a gigantic flood had happened. Something happened here that the waters had to be separated, that the sun, moon, and stars had to appear, that there was something that happened right here. What happened right here? What happened between the time when God created and now the world is without, the earth is without form and void? Well, this is the fall of Satan. And the fallen angels who fell with him. Right there. And it's something that they were doing to the earth. All right. This is the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. Okay, six days, and then on the seventh day, God rested. Right, this is now the type and shadow of a larger um, week of years. Okay, so here it's seven days of recreation or restoration. And then there is going to be 7,000 great days, 7,000 year days that will comprise this age of human history. Now, sometime after the creation of, of man and woman, after Adam and then after the woman came out uh, from Adam, they fell, okay? So we have the fall of man. Okay, big problem here. We have the fall of man. And this is where we come up with the seed wars, right? The seed of the serpent versus the seed of the woman. Ultimately, this is going to express itself as the uh, Antichrist and, of course, as Jesus. Okay, but there is going to be um, entities that are part of the serpent race and of the human race. So we have the fall of man. This is in uh, Genesis 3. In Genesis uh, 4, we read about Cain and Abel. And Genesis 5, we read about the book of life. Okay, the book of the generations of Adam or man. And then in Genesis 6, we have the first indication that the seed wars have begun. This is the fallen sons of God marry human women. And they produce the Nephilim or the giants. And by the time you get to the days of Noah, these fallen entities have basically taken over the earth so that there is only one righteous person left, actually a family of eight, and that is Noah. Noah and his family. Okay, so we have a race of hybrids and we have real humans. Okay, seed wars. In Revelation, these, this hybrid race uh, is going to be shown to exist as the earthborn or those who dwell on earth. And they're distinguished from 
man, mankind, nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues. Okay, all of those are real people, real humans, and the earth dwellers are those who dwell on earth, all who dwell on earth. That's these guys right here. So you can see the, in the beginning we have a the in seed form the problem we have the problem of satan which existed before before man was even created this is a problem that god has to solve that will be solved during the last days we also have the problem of sin with the fall of man how to get um, people back into a right relationship with god we also have the problem of these hybrids, which, believe it or not, still exist. They have existed. They've existed in some form or another throughout humanity. They were here. They've been here. It wasn't just at the time of the prior to the flood. They had other incursions later. Goliath was a giant. Anak was a giant. There were giants in the land of Canaan, and we've discovered the bones of giants throughout the earth. This is a, a hybrid problem. Nowadays, it's not necessary um, to have hybrids that are giants. There can be hybrids that are bred in other ways and other means that will exist during the end times that actually are existing right now. So we've got the problem of Satan and his angels. We've got the problem of the seed of the serpent, which will result in an antichrist person. Okay, and by the way, he's actually going to be a real man. He has the number of a man. Okay, it's the number of a man. He won't be a hybrid until after he dies and comes back to life again. We have the problem of the fallen hybrids. And during the last days, we're going to see all this work out in the book of Revelation. This is the beginning of the story. The problems that we see here will find answers in the last days, including this problem right here. So when Jesus died on the cross, he actually took care of the sin problem right here. His death on the cross took care of the sin problem. For all mankind, it took care of the sin problem. And his resurrection is going to take care of the other problems. Now, the main problem with the hybrids over here is that when God created man, he created us to have dominion. We were created to be partners with God and have dominion over the earth. Dominion belongs to men. That's never going to change. That's why the Antichrist has to be a man. Okay, because dominion is given to the race of humanity. It's not given to fallen angels. It's not given to anybody else. And these guys here thought that if you have sons from human women, that now because you're wearing an earth suit, that somehow or another you are qualified to have dominion. And these guys are usurpers. And they're going to be back during the last days. Genesis 5. This is actually the book of life that we read in Revelation. The book of the generations of mankind. And then we see these fallen ones 
who never had their names in the book of life. This is the book of the generations of those who have dominion. These guys are never in the book. And in two places in Revelation, it tells us that the earthborn, those who dwell on earth, whose names were never written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. Okay, these guys here are usurpers. But they have sort of uh, snuck their nose in by basically claiming if you have a, a body that's made of the dust of the ground, somehow or another you qualify. These are problems that have to be solved. The dominion problem is the next problem. Jesus took care of the sin problem at his first coming. He's going to take care of the dominion problem. This is part of the the job of Jesus at the second coming. That is getting dominion back to mankind. In order to do that, uh, we're going to have to take care of the usurpers who are going to show up during the end. And we're going to have to take care of some of these guys right here. And of course, we're going to have to take care of the Antichrist. Right. So these are all problems that need to be solved. So let's take a look at God's plan, his end time plan to take care of the dominion problem and the fallen angel problem. And by the way, I'm going to include in the fallen angel problem, uh, these sons of God who had relations with human women to create this hybrid race. Okay. Part of the seed war thing. And I'm also going to include demons because when the Nephilim died in the flood. Their spirits went out into the world. Their bodies went back to dust again. But they didn't have a, a, a holding place for their spirits. So their spirits went out into the world and they're always looking for another body to inhabit. Um, they're the demons. So what I'm going to do next is I'm going to show you how God is going to take care of these problems during the end times. All right, so God has a plan about how he is going to take care of all those problems that I mentioned. The problem of all the fallen entities, the Satan, the fallen angels, the watchers who mated with human women, demons, um, antichrist, the false prophet, all the fallen ones, God has a plan for how he's going to deal with them. And because man fell, we need a solution to the sin problem, which was what the de death and resurrection of Jesus was all about. And we also need a way to get dominion back from the fallen ones who are actually going to be running the show after the time of the abomination of desolation. Okay, the abomination of desolation is spoken of by the prophet Daniel in Daniel chapter 9, uh, verse um, 27. And it's a pivotal point in the end time timeline because this is actually when the 42 month reign of the beast is going to begin this is when he institutes his false millennium now everything that satan does that the beast does that all the fallen ones do is they copy god's plan they have nothing original nothing they are counterfeits and they are copycats and the abomination of desolation is when the beginning of the false millennium, the beast's false millennium, is going to begin. Now, of course, it's not going to last a thousand years. He's given 42 months. That's it. Three and a half years. Okay, and that's what's going to happen right in, right in here. 
So not only is the Antichrist, the beast, the fall, um, you know, the fake Christ going to be here for this 42 months, uh, ruling in his uh, fake millennium or counterfeit um, thousand years, all of the fallen ones will eventually be consolidated here on the earth. God's war plan basically is to separate out these four groups right here. The war plan is going to involve two major steps. One, it's the consolidation of all of these groups in various places. Now, we know that the remnant of Israel is going to have a place in the wilderness. Okay, at the time of the abomination of desolation, she is going to be in the wilderness. Because she's going to go into the wilderness where there's a place prepared for her where she's kept safe. The consolidation of everybody into their groups is going to happen right over on this side here. Okay, this is the time of the consolidation. Basically from the time of the rapture of the male child until the abomination of desolation, there is going to be uh, a huge separation made. God is going to be separating people out, He's going to be consolidating groups in various places, and there's a reason for it. So consolidation is the first thing that's going to happen once uh, the male child is caught up. And the second thing that's going to happen is victory through death. Okay, this is how Jesus won the victory over sin. Over sin and death was when he died on the cross and rose from the dead. And he's taken the keys to death and Hades and he is going to have victory but it's through death, it's through death that, that the victory, he's going to claim the victory through death. So in Revelation chapter 5, when the angel cries out, who's worthy to take the scroll and open its seals? Verse 6 of Revelation 5, And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain, with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits sent out into all the earth, and he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. So the victor is a lamb who died and rose again. Okay, the victor is a lamb who died and rose again. This is the same, this is the same plan. The same plan is going to be victory, not over death, it's victory through death. That the lamb died, and he came back to life again, and behold, he is alive forevermore. Prior to the abomination of desolation, and I'm going according to the book of Revelation, I'm using the day counts from Revelation and the information contained in Revelation, okay? And um, my understanding of the 70th week of Daniel is that the first three and a half years pertain to Christ. He came, he made, he confirmed God's covenant that God had made, his unconditional covenant with Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob. He confirmed that when he came, and then he put to rest the sacrifices and offerings of the old Mosaic covenant system, and he 
did that through his death on the cross. He rose from the dead and that basically put an end then to the first three and a half years of Daniel's 70th week. The 70th week will start back up again at the time of the abomination of desolation, right where Jesus says it will in Matthew 24, right where Paul says it will when the man of sin takes his seat in the temple of God in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So the book of Revelation is going to tell us basically how the consolidation is going to happen over here. This is a war plan, by the way. You're being given insight into the war plan, the war plan that's in that scroll. We can see what it is, how this is going to happen, how Jesus is going to get the victory over Satan, over the fallen angels, over the demons, over the watchers, over the beast, over the false prophet, over anybody who takes the mark of the beast. Okay, this is how he's going to do it. Over the course of about five, five months or so, there's this massive shift that's going to happen. A massive consolidation of believers into one place, of regular people, that is people who are not born again, to another place, the remnant of Israel to another place, and all the fallen ones to another place. Where are these people going? Okay, believers are going to be going into heaven. Revelation 13 calls this group the heaven dwellers. They dwell in heaven, in God's tabernacle. They will go to heaven. They'll either go through uh, being raptured, that is taken up into heaven physically while they're still alive, or they're going to be brought there through death or martyrdom. Regular people are going to be consolidated in a place that we tend to think of as not a very good place, but it is a safe place, <laughs> and that is in Sheol or Hades. We're talking about the place of the dead. A lot of things are going to happen over the course of a very few months that are going to greatly reduce the population of Earth, of this place. We have seals one through four, basically seals two, three, and four, where there's going to be a great sword, pieces taken from the Earth, people are going to slay one another, there's going to be famines, pestilence, death through wild beasts, all kinds of bad things affecting a quarter of the earth so that many, many, many people will die. We're talking regular people. Then we have the trumpets. The first four trumpets were a third of the fresh water, a third of the ocean water uh, is not good anymore, turns to blood, not consumable, can't be drunk. Um, uh, ocean life dies, a third of the ocean life dies, green grass, green things are destroyed, and there is a, um, a third of the light of the sun, moon, and stars is removed probably through some kind of volcanic eruptions so that you can't grow anything, okay? There won't be anything growing. So people are going to die from starvation as a result of the things that these four trumpet angels are going to be um, promoting or doing. So those things are going to cause the demise of a lot of 
regular people and there will be some believers who will be dying from those things as well because um you know once we're gone the the first rapture takes place and by the way revelation shows us three groups of raptured people the church is never raptured there is no bride that's raptured okay what we have are groups of sons and that's how revelation speaks about God's people. They are sons. They are either firstborn sons or they are the remnant of her seed, other offspring, other sons. Right? We're not ever talking about a bride being raptured. We're talking about sons. And sons fall into groups. There's firstborn sons who have the birthright, the double portion inheritance, the ones who are qualified to be the leaders of their tribe, who are elders, and so on. This is both men and women. Even though you may still be a woman, you're viewed as a son or an inheritor. You have an inheritance in Christ. Regular people are going to die. They're going to die through seals one through four, and they're going to die from trumpets one through four. And all of that is happening over here. Seals one through five actually will take place on this side and trumpets one through five will take place on this side of the abomination of desolation. Regular people are going to die. Believers are going to die from some of these seals and trumpets as well. And then there is going to be a gigantic group of martyred saints. These are the fifth seal martyrs. These are the ones whose souls are under the altar crying out for vengeance. How long until we have vengeance on those who dwell on earth? That is the hybrids, the earth dwellers are going to be killing believers or in conjunction with the harlot. The harlot is this present world system that hates people, hates Christians, and there are going to be many, many, many people who come to Christ once we are uh, changed. Okay, there's the hugest revival, most gigantic revival in all of human history is going to take place over here. And there's going to be 10 days when people are being killed. And the numbers are so vast that John didn't have a number for them. We know that he knows the number 200 million because there's going to be 200 million uh, troops, whatever, maybe earth dwellers. We don't really know who or what they are, but we know that there'll be 200 million um, entities who are going to be part of the army that destroys the harlot system, okay, that destroys the harlot and is going to be coming on the earth. The sixth trumpet is right here. It's the second woe. It's on a single day. This is when the harlot will be destroyed. This is when a third of the earth, earth's population is going to be killed. So we have a quarter of it being destroyed over here. We have millions of people coming to Christ and they're going to be killed right here. And we see them under the altar in heaven. Okay. And then whatever, whoever is remaining at this uh, time of the abomination, when the sixth trumpet happens, a third of those people are going to die. So anyone who's a believer will be in heaven. Anyone who is not a believer is going to be over here in Sheol or Hades, which is a safer place 
than being over here during the reign of the beast. Now, we've got a few entities that need to be consolidated on the earth. The fifth trumpet. That is when the fallen sons of God, the angels who didn't keep their proper estate in Jude 6, that's when the pit is going to be opened and they are going to come on the earth. Right after the first four trumpets, the fifth trumpet will open. There will be smoke like a great furnace and an angel will be given the key to the bottomless pit and these guys will be released. We've already had a third of Satan's angels released at the time of that first rapture. And then at the end of this 10 days right here, this is when Satan is cast out. This is when all the fallen angels are cast out of heaven and they're all on the earth. And then by the time you get to the sixth trumpet, that's when the four angels at the river Euphrates are released. And these are the worst of the worst. And they're going to assist that 200 million entity army, the beast and the 10 kings who hate the harlot. And these four angels are going to destroy this world system, this present system. Not entirely. Some of it will have to be destroyed later. But you can see what we're, what's happening here is there is a consolidation so that when it comes time for the reign of the beast, there aren't very many people left. And there aren't very many believers left. There will be some because there's going to be a rapture on a day that we don't know. And that's when the wrath of God will begin and we have the day of the Lord. Okay, the day of the Lord is a thousand years long, but it's going to start out over here. Before the reign of the beast ends, it's going to start out with wrath. And there's going to be a rapture here. So these people will have to endure uh, the reign of the beast. But this is rapture number three. Rapture number two will be over here. That's for the 144,000. Rapture number two. And this one here is rapture number one of the male child. So we have a first rapture, the male child who's caught up to God and to his throne. We have the, the martyrdom of millions and millions of Christians. We have a rapture of the 144,000 who are promised that they will be kept from the hour of trial, which is what the sixth trumpet is. It's on an hour, day, month, and year. And the beast and the ten kings are given authority for one hour to get rid of the harlot. The harlot is destroyed in one hour on a single day. This is a very important day. And this is what will then begin the reign of the beast. And of course, uh, the remnant of Israel will flee into the wilderness at the time that the beast will begin to reign at the time of the abomination of desolation. I'm going to get rid of all of this so you can see what this looks like. Abomination of desolation, sixth trumpet. Okay, by this point in time, all the fallen ones will be on the earth. All of them, every single last one of them, including Satan, who's going to make it look like the second coming, like God has returned to dwell with man. He's, even though he's kicked out of heaven, he's going to make it look like it's really glorious. 
Believers will be in heaven except for a few, very few who are alive and survive until the coming of the Lord. Okay, that's right here. The coming of the Lord. That's when the sign of the Son of Man appears in heaven. And then Armageddon is actually going to be right here. Right? But there is the sign of the Son of Man in heaven first, and that's in conjunction with the sixth seal. But the 42-month reign is going to be here. Same thing as the 1,260 days that the woman is in the wilderness, the remnant of Israel. And this right here, my friends, is the days of Noah. This is when the usurpers of our dominion are going to attempt to keep the earth. And here's, here's the thing, is that believers are all going to be in heaven with the exception of a very few of those who are alive and survive until the coming of the Lord, which will be right here, the sign of the Son of Man coming in heaven, the sixth seal. Most regular people are going to be dead. They're going to be in Sheol. And the few that are left are going to be required to take the mark of the beast. And if they don't, then they can be beheaded. Because you know how during the millennium when Jesus comes back, everybody's going to be required to worship him? He's going to rule with a rod of iron? Well, the same thing is true with the beast when he begins to reign. He's going to require everybody to worship him. He's going to require that because he too is going to rule with a rod of iron. He's a copycat. The thing is, is all the fallen ones are going to be on earth during this time. All the demons, you know, the beast and the false prophet, all the, all the fallen angels, hundreds and thousands of them that have been in heaven all these many years since before the creation of the world. Remember, God created the earth. Okay, God created In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then something happened and the earth was out without form. And void. Something happened right here. This is when Satan fell and his angels. This is the problem that's going to be taken care of over here. Except for Satan, okay, and he'll he'll be taken care of over here, right, at the end of the millennium. All the fallen ones are have to have, there has to be a resolution for what happens to these beings. They're all being consolidated over here. And they're the ones who are going to say peace and safety. Why? Because it looks like... God has abandoned the earth to them. That's what it looks like. It looks like the earth is, has been given to them. Because they're all here. Believers are gone. Most regular people are dead. There is a remnant in the wilderness, but he can't get at them. And it looks like they're going to be able to rule on earth. And Satan always has to rule through a man, and he's going to rule through the Antichrist for 42 months. When Jesus comes back at Armageddon, 
that's when these guys, all the fallen angels, all the watchers, all the demons, anyone who took the mark of the beast and said, I want to be a part of the beast kingdom, is going to be thrown into the lake of fire. That's so when Jesus begins the millennium, when he actually begins his rule over here, there isn't going to be any interference. And actually Satan is going to be thrown into the pit. So there is, there, there is no fallen entity problem on the earth. Jesus can rule without the interference from fallen angels creating a new hybrid race or from demons entering into people and demonizing them or giving them ideas about bad things to do. It's just going to be people who have, um, mortal people who have a sin nature, survivors, people who will survive the reign of the beast without taking the mark. There will be, there will be some, of course, because people from the nations are going to have to repopulate the earth. So not everybody is going to die. And the scenario I am giving you here is how God is solving the problems that happened back in Genesis. Notice, this is not God's judgment on an unbelieving world. And in fact, God is going to great lengths so that regular people are not going to be here during the reign of the beast. They're going to die. It's safer for them to be in the place of the dead. Then when they are resurrected over here at the time of the great white throne judgment, some of them will be saved. <laughs> some of them, many of them, in fact, may actually go and live on the new earth as the guests at the wedding supper of the Lamb. Right, Their names are in the book of life. They'll be judged by their works. Their works will tell them whether they're going to have a high position or a low position on the new earth. Believers will live in the new Jerusalem, which will come down out of heaven. So this is how God is going to consolidate everybody. And these guys are going to think they've got it, that the earth is theirs, which is what they've wanted. Believe it or not, the earth is the prize. I know a lot of people think, well, it must be heaven. Everybody wants heaven. Well, not really. Everybody wants the earth. They want the earth. This is the place that the fallen angels want. Okay, They want the earth. They want to have dominion over this realm. So when Jesus comes back at Armageddon, he's coming back with us. We're his uh, fellow kings and priests. He's coming back with believers. And we are going to, along with Christ, for a thousand years, exercise dominion on the earth. And in fact, the regular people who don't die, who live during the millennium, are going to be exercising dominion as well, without interference. Without interference. So the sin problem is taken care of. The dominion problem is taken care of. But there is one more problem, and that is... Do people really want to have their dominion under Satan, like what happened when Adam fell? Or do we want to have our dominion be under God? And so there is going to come a time when it's like we're going all the way back to Eden again, when people will have to make a decision about who they want to love and serve 
under, partnered. They're going to partner with either God, who is, you know, in charge of everything and exercise dominion under him, or they can decide that they're going to follow after Satan. So let's take a look at what this looks like right after the millennium. Okay. So now we're talking about the millennium. The millennium is when people are basically going to be tested again. During the millennium, there isn't going to be any war. There isn't going to be any hunger. There isn't going to be um, disease that can't find a cure. People are going to live to be very old. They'll still have their sin nature, but they're going to be forced to submit to the rule of Christ. So everybody who goes into the day of the Lord or that millennial reign of Christ is going to love and serve Jesus. That's how it all starts out. It starts out with everybody loving and serving Jesus. And by the way, the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on people after Christ returns. The a huge, gigantic outpouring of the Holy Spirit will be on anybody who who wants to love and serve Jesus and have that indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. But not everybody. Um, by the time we get to the end and of the thousand years and Satan is released, remember he's going to be in the pit during this time. He's going to be released. This is going to be sort of like the new Garden of Eden where he's going to come in and try to get a following. Now, during the millennium, we're going to have regular people on earth. We're just talking regular mortal people who have a sin nature, but they will live to be very old. They'll have children and who'll have children who'll have children. And the children who are born after Christ returns will never know anything about living in a world like we're living in right now. And the people who come into the kingdom they are going to love and serve Jesus. Now, by the time we get to the end, there is going to be a huge rebellion of regular people who are rebels. They're rebels against Christ. They have to be subdued, uh, ruled with a rod of iron. By the end of the millennium, there is a plan to get these guys to surface. The people who have been living during the millennium who do not want Christ to rule over them. There is a way to get them to come to the surface so that they can be dealt with too. So that ultimately, the, the big plan, which is that everybody who is a person serves under God and not under Satan. And they do it of their own free will, their own volition. That is, they choose to serve God. So the day of the Lord is also referred to as the millennium. It's the, the kingdom of God. And Christ is going to rule along with glorified believers who are going to rule and reign with him on the earth. And we actually have um, kind of a godlike status. We are spiritual people who will have a body like Christ. It's a spiritual body. It's a glorified body. It's not a regular um, dust suit body. It's made out of the things of heaven. And regular people are going to have to honor us. And uh, Revelation chapter 3 says about the Jews who say they are Jews but are not but lie, that they will be forced to bow down to this group of believers, um, to believers, and uh, worship them and know that Christ loves them, that Christ loves this group of the Church of Philadelphia. So there will be glorified believers on the earth during this whole time. Christ is going to be here this whole time. Satan is going to be released for a little while. And basically, it's to allow the rebels to surface, that they can come out into the open. And 
Uh, Satan is going to have a human leader, and this is uh, Gog. Gog just means leader. Remember, Satan cannot rule the earth. He has to always rule through a person. And this person is an unnamed person. It's the title, though, is Gog. And then there will be, at the end of this little while, there will be as many people as the sand of the sea who rebel against the Lord. That the promises that Satan makes to the, this group of, of rebels... Whatever he's telling them, they believe him and they want to follow him. And once this group of rebels who's like the sand of the sea follows Gog and they advance onto Jerusalem and the camp of the saints, then fire will come down out of heaven and that'll be that. They'll just be destroyed. The purpose is to get the rebels to show their true colors. And then they'll be done away with and then we have the great white throne judgment when all those people who've been um, put safely in Sheol in the place of the dead will now be resurrected if their name is in the book of life. They'll be uh, judged um, by the books, what they did. That will determine their position in the kingdom. And then um, that is in the kingdom that's to come. And there will be people, lots and lots of people whose names are in the book of life and we're talking about that means they're regular human people and that their names were never blotted out. They will be brought into uh, the new heaven and the new earth, which is during the day of God. And of course, we'll have the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. And that's the dwelling place for believers. And the new earth is where immortal people will live and this will then be the day of God according to second Peter I think it's chapter 3 we have the the day of the Lord beginning like a thief in the night and then ending with the the disillusion of the heavens and the earth with fire and the beginning of the day of God and everything that goes after that so this is the plan this is the war plan. The Bible tells us that God doesn't do anything without letting his servants know what he's doing. Um, he tells us ahead of time what's coming so that we know. So the end times, according to a lot of people, is about God pouring out his wrath on an unbelieving world. Well, God pouring out his wrath on an unbelieving world isn't really until the great white throne judgment. That's when the judgment of people happens. The judgment of the fallen ones actually happens over here at the beginning of the millennium. Okay, this is when the fallen ones, that is um, angels, demons, pe even people who take the mark of the beast, all of the fallen ones except for Satan are judged back here. beginning with the beast and the false prophet who are thrown alive into the lake of fire. This is the judgment. The end of the tribulation is about the judgment of the fallen ones. It's not about the judgment of people on, you know, unbelievers. You know, it's not God pouring out his wrath on unbelievers. God is going to try to rescue unbelievers. He wants to get them in a safe place in Sheol. It's better to go to Sheol, better to be uh, in the place of the dead than it is to be on the earth during the time of the reign of the beast, which is basically the days of Noah, when all the fallen ones are gonna be consolidated on the earth. 
So Jesus took care of the sin problem when he died on the cross. He's going to take care of the dominion problem when he returns at Armageddon. And God is going to take care of the problem of people wanting to submit to his reign, okay, ruling on earth underneath him, just prior to the great white throne judgment at the end of the millennium. That's how all the problems get solved, all the problems that we read about in the first few chapters of Genesis. I want to give you another perspective on these things because people have basically lost the plot about why we have the end times, what is actually happening, and they've made it out to be something that it's not. And one of the other problems that we have is that people have focused on one teeny, tiny, teeny, weeny, tiny aspect of this, and that is the rapture, which is a small part of the end time scenario. But really, you know, we have a role to play. Yes, we're going to be raptured. Yes, we're going to be kings and priests. God is dealing with a problem that he's had for a gazillion years, and that is the fallen ones that live in heaven, the fallen ones that keep corrupting the earth that he's made. He's going to deal with them, and he does it through humanity. He does it through the last Adam. He does it through a man coming in the likeness of sinful man and dying a, a criminal's death on the cross. That's how he gets rid of these guys. The story is huge. It's much bigger than me and my rapture, you know, or, you know, God pouring out his wrath on an unbelieving world. It's so much bigger. God has a huge plan and you have to go back to the beginning so you don't lose the plot. I hope you'll share this video with someone else. It's entirely uh, fresh, new perspective on the end times. Let me know what you think in the comments section below. We'll see you on another video. Have a blessed day.